Glad to be here this morning. Thank God for uh, the service thus far, and I trust that uh, I have something to say that'll be of a help to each and every one of us. Before I begin, I do want to publicly thank God for the recent uh, Supreme Court decision. I've prayed for that for many years, and I know you have too, and I thank God that it, the, the war's not over, but that was a great victory, for which I thank God. I also want to thank you for praying for me. I had a, a very serious case of COVID back in, in January. Some people don't have a very difficult time, and other people do. I had a very serious time. But God spared my life, and I want to thank each and every one of you who prayed for me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence with a thankful heart. We thank you, dear God, for your grace and your goodness. We're thankful, Father of Heaven, for the songs and testimonies that have been given this morning. And I pray that thou will help us, Father of Heaven, as we bring just a simple lesson Father, that I trust will be a help to those that hear it. And if there's someone here especially in need of what I'm going to say, please, Father of Heaven, let it be a time of awakening for them. We ask that you'll guide my mind, help me to say what I ought to say, to omit the things that I ought to omit, and help me, Father of Heaven, that I may be able to honor you. In the name of Jesus, and amen. I'm going to read just one verse. This is found in uh, Mark's Gospel, the fourth chapter and verse number 23. I'm going to read it just uh, to introduce what I have on my heart. It said, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. I'm going to talk to you this morning a little bit about carelessly hearing uh, the message of God and then also the hardening of the heart. I believe that uh, careless hearing and hardening of the heart are closely linked together. And uh, they're very closely linked because one can lead to another. This saying is a saying of Jesus. It... Uh, it's called a formula. Uh, we might refer to it as a cliche. It was a saying uh, that Jesus repeated on several occasions throughout his ministry when he was preaching to the people. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. This was actually a warning. It was a warning to give serious attention to what you hear. It just was a way of saying, pay attention, because what you're hearing is important. It's important for you, it's important for, uh, for you to hear it, but more importantly, it's for, it's for you to be able to understand it. This saying of Jesus was used by him in his ministry to call serious attention to God's message. When Jesus was, had something serious, uh, there's another expression he used. Uh, he would say, verily, verily. That's the way the King James translates it. 
Other translations say, truly, truly. And when he had something that, that people would, uh, would have a tendency of misunderstanding or a tendency of not believing, he would say, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you. And this saying is similar to that. It was calling serious attention to what Jesus was teaching the people. There's some messages that require spatial attention to really get its meaning. There's some things, there's some lessons in life that are difficult to understand. Uh, or they're difficult to understand, especially when you don't want to hear them. It's, uh, it's kind of like a child when you're raising a child. I'm sure that some of you that have had children have said to them, now you listen to me. And what you meant by that, not just listen, but pay attention uh, and hear me. Did you hear that? You know, we say those kind of things. Well, that's a similar to what Jesus was saying here. It was an appeal by him for to take more than a superficial or careless hearing. A careless hearer can really misunderstand what is being said. You know, if people don't pay a spatial attention, and especially when your hearing gets a little bit dull, such as mine. Well, uh, I, uh, th these are some old hearing aids that uh, don't function very well, but the hearing aids that, I, that I'd bought just recently within the last year uh, something went wrong with them. Anyway, I took them in early part of last week and uh, never got them back. But, and so when I'm talking to somebody, if I don't know the subject, uh, sometimes I don't get because I don't hear the whole thing. What I hear is certain words and I kind of get the drift of it, you know? I kind of get the idea of what they're saying. Uh, Sister Yoder uh, has to repeat, and she talks a lot, but most of it is because she has to repeat to me something that she just got through saying. But superficial or careless hearing, you can misunderstand what you heard. You can misunderstand it, and in misunderstanding it, uh, you don't really get the message. And that's what Jesus was saying. He was exhorting the people to really hear. Do you really hear? Sometimes when he was raised, he always say, did you hear me? Well, of course they heard you. But what we mean by that, did you really hear me? Do you, do you really understand what I'm saying? Do, do you really get it? So many times I, I've seen it in our, the local congregation where I attend, the preacher will preach a very good message, you know, and something that is moving and something that is needed. And then, then I, I look at the response of the congregation, and I just, sometimes I sit there and I just think, they didn't get it. They just did not get what was being said. They heard it, but they didn't get it. And that's what Jesus was warning us against. Uh, just simply hearing, but not really getting it, not really hearing. 
This is used by Jesus, as I said, as he was preaching to people. And in those, in those incidents, as he's talking to the crowd, he was using it in an individual sense that if any man, that's an individual, any person is what man means there. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. If any person has ears to hear, let him hear. And what he meant, not, not that do you have physical ears, but are you tuned in? Are you really hearing? I believe God has a message today. I believe God always has a message for us individually and also collectively. But not only did Jesus use this on the individual level, uh, persons, you know, uh, did you get what I had to say? Did you really hear me? Did you understand what you heard? Do you, do you know what it means? Do you know what it means personally for you? And that's what Jesus was asking the people individually. But he also used it collectively of the church. In the Revelations, Jesus dictated seven letters to seven different congregations in an area that we today would call Turkey. Uh, back then it was called Asia, which was a, a providence of the Roman Empire. But those seven churches, Jesus dictated to John what to write. Right into the, the churches, he said. And then he dictated to them what they should write. And in those cases, Jesus was speaking to the group. Sometimes the whole group doesn't get the message. The whole church doesn't get it. Sometimes, my friend, a whole congregation just doesn't get what God's trying to say. They just don't get it. They don't, they don't really hear it. Not really. Not really. Sometimes, my friend, people fail. Uh, if you notice in the book of Revelation, in, in the conclusion, every one of them was concluded in the, all seven letters. Revelation, and I'm not going not not to read these, but Revelation, the second chapter, the seventh verse, the second chapter, the eleventh verse, the second chapter, the seventeenth verse, the second chapter, the twenty-ninth verse, the third chapter, the sixth verse, the third chapter, the thirteenth verse, and the third chapter, the twenty-second verse. And he ended every one of them like this. <clears throat> he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Sometimes the message of God is for the individual, you know, uh, many, many times. In fact, most of the time, the message is for uh, individuals. And you ought, to, you ought to accept it that way, individually. You know, you ought to look at it and say, what does this mean for me personally? What, what is the application of this message to my life? But sometimes the message is to the church. 
the church as a whole, the whole congregation, the whole congregation needs to hear what the Spirit has to say unto the churches. What the Spirit said, somebody said, what, what was the Spirit saying? Well, what the Spirit said is found in the context of the letters, which I'm not going to go into. But each one of those congregations, <coughs> uh, most of them, uh, five, five at least, Jesus commended them for some things, but then also reproved them for something else. To get a message from God, uh, you don't have to be really, 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 really wicked. Sometimes there can be good things. There can be things that God can approve of and God uh, uh, is thankful for. But other, there's some other things that he's not. It's a mixture. It's not just black and white. It's not just black and white. Every congregation, almost every congregation, has good points. They have things that you can commend them for. But on the other side, there's, some, there's something that you lack. The church at Ephesus was a powerful church, and a church that was committed to the truth. And, and they had tried false teachers that said they were preaching the truth and proved that they were liars. They were very strong for the truth. But Jesus ended that and said, Nevertheless, I have something against you. You left your first love. In the battle, in the battle that that the church always faces against evil, my friend, in taking a stand for the right, there's always, there's always a danger of them losing their love. Losing their love. I'll not go any farther, but I'm just trying to illustrate there's other congregations there. There was a couple congregations. He didn't have anything good to say about them. Laodicea was one of them. But he just told them they, they, they were not extremely wicked, but they were not on fire for God. They had cooled off and were lukewarm. And, you know, sometimes... We can hear the message of the Word of God and not really hear it. You know, as a congregation, as a congregation, there, there can be things that ought to be pointed out. And from time to time, a faithful pastor will do that. Pointed out things, my friend, He's not saying everybody's, everybody's wrong, everybody's on their way to hell, but he's saying even though there's many things that are good, there's some things that we need to pay attention to. And the emphasis was on really hearing, not just simply listening. You know, I appreciate you listening this morning, but, and I'm sure that uh, Pastor Bartlett is, uh, every, every time he preaches, he, he appreciates that people 
that listen to him and uh, set up and pay attention to a degree. But simply listening and really hearing are two different things. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and you could tell by the look in their eye they didn't hear what you were saying? <laughs> you know, I mean, they, their mind may be off somewhere else and, uh, or, or they may be bored to death by what you're saying, but they really didn't get it. Well, that's what Jesus was talking about here. And it's true individually, and it's also true collectively. Sometimes we really are not listening to hear what the Spirit is saying. I must say this. We have a God that's not silent. The God, the creator of the universe, the, the God of the Bible is not silent. He speaks. And we have here his spoken word in written form that we call it the revelation. But God through the Holy Spirit still speaks today. I don't really understand what I'm trying to say. But God is not silent. He's not silent in your life. He's not silent in the, in the, uh, the activities of the church. God's speaking. But are we hearing him? Are we hearing him? What is the Spirit saying today? What is the message of God? I'm not talking about the sermons the preachers preach, but what is the message of God? What is God trying to say to us? Are we listening? Uh, are we in any condition to hear what God really Those seven churches, I am sure that they were embarrassed when those letters... By the way, uh, John wrote those letters. Well, all of the New Testament letters were written to churches and were read publicly. They were read publicly and uh, so that everybody could hear. And some of the things in those letters were embarrassing. It was embarrassing to hear. I'm sure it was painful to hear. And I'll just tell you, and I'm sure you know this from experience, but it's painful to hear something about yourself that is embarrassing. To have an ear to hear, Jesus said, if any man have an ear to hear, let him hear. To have an ear to hear means to be attentive to what you do hear. And this is just the opposite of being hard of hearing. In Hebrews in the fifth chapter, in the 11th verse, it says this, of whom we have many things to say in the context there, the writer of Hebrews was talking about the uh, priesthood of Melchizedek. And He's saying, of whom we have many things to say. In other words, he could make uh, several different spiritual applications. And he said, we have many things to say. <coughs> Excuse me. 
We have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing your dull of hearing. He was telling, and the book of Hebrews is written to Jewish Christians that were tempted to go back to Judaism because of the persecution that they were suffering. And he wrote to show that uh, the Christian gospel is far greater than the Old Testament message. But he said he had many things to say, but they were hard to be uttered. It was hard to try them. And the reason why it was hard to say them to these people was he said, you're dull of hearing. Dull of hearing means that you can still hear, but you don't hear clearly. You know, I, 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 uh, I'm not deaf. If I took out these hearing aids, I could still hear, but not really well. I couldn't understand if, if we was having a conversation I'd just, I'd just get bits and pieces and try to piece it together. But dull of hearing, in this case, is willful. He's not talking about someone physically hard of hearing, but willfully. Serious problems exist when Either an individual or a church develop a hearing problem. One of the biggest changes, Brother Bartlett's talking about listening to a message some 30, 40 years ago that I'd preach. One of the biggest differences between then and now is the response of the audience. The response of the people. The attitude in which they listen. The attitude, the, 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 there really is a hearing problem today. Messages are good. I've heard, oh, I've heard messages that were, that were good and powerful, but it doesn't move anybody. Nobody's moved by it. And whenever... People develop this hearing problem. Serious problems can arise. Dull of hearing <clears throat> results from refusing to listen properly in a scriptural sense of the word. Since they, since they refused to listen attentively to God's voice, they were not able to discern God's message in his voice. They, they were dull of hearing. Uh, I mean, they heard the message in, in one sense. They heard it. They were listening to it. But they were not able to discern what God was really saying to them. They didn't get it. You know, you ever talk to somebody and you can tell by the look on their face they ain't getting it. You know what I mean? They're just not getting it. They just, they just not getting it. Well, that's the way many times it seems to me that congregations are just not getting it, my friend. Uh, and because they're not, they're not able to discern God's message correctly. 
In Matthew, I want to read here in Matthew a few verses, but Matthew in the 13th chapter, and I want to read verse 10 through 16. But Jesus here in this passage is explaining what dull of hearing means. He had told the parable of the sower. The context of what I'm going to read is that <clears throat> he had told the people what we call the parable of the sower, uh, the different ground that the seed fell on. Now, beginning in verse, and he ended that, he ended that saying in Matthew, the 10th or 13th chapter, the 9th verse said, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came, I'm beginning to read in verse 10 now. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? A parable was, was not a straightforward way of saying something. It was a, a way of telling a story, and then you interpret that story and find, find a message in that for you, as it was in the uh, parable of the sower. And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundantly. A person that has revelation from God and understanding He's going to receive more. But whosoever hath not, from him is going to be taken away. Even that he hath, what little he does know is going to be lost. Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they seen, see not. The reason he talked in parables was because these people were seen, but not seen. And hearing, but they hear not. Neither do they understand. He said, I speak unto them in parables because they seen, see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For the people's heart is whacked gross, and their Ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand uh, with their hearts and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Here in this explanation, Jesus is saying that the people were hearing, but they were really not hearing. He said, they, they shall hear, but not understand. They will see, but not really see. They don't perceive what they are seeing. And then he said the reason is because their hearts are waxed gross, fat heart, unfeeling, insensitive. And their, their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed. And... This is what he meant by dull of hearing. One can hear and yet not really hear or understand. Listening attentively and obeying God's message are kind of linked together. 
You know, obedience begins, listen to me, obedience begins with listening attentively. Obedience begins by hearing the message. How are you going to obey if you don't understand what's being said? How are you going to do what God wants you to do if you don't get it? If, if, you're, if you're just hearing but not really hearing, how are you going to obey God? Obedience, I say again, begins, my friend, with listening attentively. Obedience begins, my friend, with carefully listening to God's message. Hebrews, the third chapter, 15 verse said, and if you, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Do you ever hear God speak to you? When a message goes forth, is the Spirit saying anything? Do you get it? Is there anything that is really coming to you, for you? This was really a warning not to harden your hearts to what you hear, but to listen with the ears of your heart, so to speak. Uh, the heart has, well, figuratively speaking, <coughs> the heart has ears to hear. If you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Those who can't see or hear are those who don't want to see or hear. What it results in is hardening. Hardening is a condition beyond not getting it. If you don't listen attentively, you don't get the message. But hardening, my friend, is beyond that. Hardening is coming to a place where it doesn't matter whatever said, it doesn't touch you. It doesn't move you. It doesn't excite you. It doesn't condemn you. It doesn't encourage you. It's just blah. It's just all you... All you're doing is listening and not really hearing. And that hardening of the heart, my friend, is one of the things that leads to the spiritual downfall of individuals and also of churches. They're hardening their heart. Proverbs, the 29th chapter in the first verse said, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. This hardening of the neck means that you can't, you can't turn. And it was an expression meaning that a person comes to the place where nothing can turn him, nothing moves him, nothing gets a hold of him. He'd be on that point. He'd be on that. <clears throat> he said here, being often reproved, this is referring to someone, my friend, who is repeatedly warned, you know, repeatedly warned by continual appeals, and usually those appeals come from somebody who's concerned about their spiritual welfare. You know, a person that is concerned about your spiritual welfare is going to point out to you your errors. 
going to point out to you your failures. Amen? A person that's really concerned about your spiritual welfare is going to point out to you what you need to do to be a better Christian, to be more like Christ, to be more like God would have you to be. Now, somebody that is repeatedly warned by continual appeals uh, and then hardeneth their neck at just someone, my friend, that just refused. It, it's an expression, hardeneth the neck is, uh, well, it illustrates a stubborn person. One who refuses to listen. As a pastor, there's been times when I've, I've counseled people. I remember one time, <clears throat> a family uh, parents had asked me to talk to their daughter. She was, uh, well, <clears throat> put it briefly, she was, she was beginning to hang around the wrong kind of crowd. And I remember I went to their home and, and the parents went to the kitchen and me and this young teenage girl sat in the living room and I was talking to her. And as I was talking to her, trying to explain, trying to tell her the dangers, I could tell by the look on her face that she was not listening to me at all. Not at all. And I stopped. And I said, I said, your mind's already made up, isn't it? You've already made your decision. You're going to go with that crowd. And sad to say she did. But I sensed that, and I said, I said, it's, it's no use of us going on with this conversation because I said, I, I see you, you, you've already made up your mind. Well, that's the kind of situation you're talking about here. Somebody that refuses to listen. One who will not let anything said to them correct them or turn them. And no matter what you preached, no matter what you said, no matter how you tried to help them, they've come to a place where nothing, anything, and everything you could say is not going to correct them or change them. They're not going to change. That's what hardening is, actually. Hardening is, it results from continual refusing to listen to warnings. You do not allow yourself to be admonished anymore. In the Old Testament, it talks about, I think it's in Ecclesiastes, if I'm not mistaken, but it's in the wisdom writings. But it, it said that, that a young man that doesn't know very much is a whole lot better than an old king that can no longer be admonished. As we grow old, it's harder to change. Have we, have we become like that, uh, that writing in Ecclesiastes? Like the old king? We can no longer... I mean, hey, we, uh, he had been king for so long that nobody could tell him anything. He couldn't 
couldn't be admonished anymore. You couldn't correct him. It wouldn't get through to him. You just couldn't. You, he just, you couldn't break through. And that's what he's talking about here. Hardening that results from continuing to refuse to listen to warnings, to being admonished. And here's the results of that. So suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. A person who refuses to listen eventually arrives at, the, at that place where he's no longer able to hear. Not only, well, dull of hearing can lead to deafness. You just can't hear anymore. You just don't hear anymore. And that person becomes permanently enslaved in his own hardness of heart. And it tells us here that he can't escape from it. It's without remedy. <laughs> There's no way to correct it. This is describing a degree and depth of hardness where the soul is so affected by hardness that there's no escape from it. I want you to be aware of something. Listen to me now. I'm just about finished. But I want you to be aware of something. And that is that the opportunity to repent may not always be available. You, you can arrive at a place where the remedy is no longer available. They know remedy. You can, or you can go to that place. I hope nobody has. But you can go there. If you follow that path, you go to a place where a remedy no longer is available. And then God's judgment, my friend, takes place as a result of persistent hardening. In fact, one day, quite quickly, the person will be destroyed without any prospect or possibility of being saved. Now, I've tried to help you see there's a connection between careless hearing and dull of hearing, careless hearing and hardening of the heart. This lesson actually is a personal challenge to each of us. It challenges us to be sensitive to hear what God's trying to say to you. To hear what the Spirit says. You know, I sometimes wonder, is God talking to people? I mean, does God really talk to people? Is there, is there a message from God for us, for me, for you? Is there a message from God for us today? This expression of Jesus is an invitation to explore the personal implications and application of God's message for ourselves.
And you must listen carefully and attentively to perceive the personal message in what is being said. If you don't listen carefully, listen now. If you don't listen carefully, there's always the possibility of hearing wrongly. <laughs> Sometimes after I preach, and, and I hear people talk, sometime after I preach, people will make comments, you know, uh, about the message and so on. And, and, and I never say it, but there's sometimes I think, did you hear what I said? Did you really get it? Did you really get it? Somehow they twisted it around to make it say what they wanted to hear. There's a danger in that. If we don't listen carefully and want to hear what God has to say, there's always a possibility of hearing wrongly. In Psalms, the 95th Psalm, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. And I close with that. The creator of the universe is a God who speaks. I mean, throughout history, he spoke. He's still speaking. But are we listening? Are we hearing what he has to say? Loving Heavenly Father, <clears throat> I brought this warning to help people, Father of Heaven, to pay more close attention to what to hear. But more than that, I brought it, Father, to help people to waken up to the fact that God may have been trying to say something to them, but they're just not in an attitude to hear. I ask of you that if there's someone here that is dull of hearing, has come to a place where they, they, just, they just turn off anything and everything that they hear that is meant to correct them and to turn them, I ask, Father, that Thou would bring them to repentance. I pray, Heavenly Father, that Thou will help us as Your people to listen to listen to what the Spirit has to say to the church. I ask it in the name of Jesus, and amen. Would you stand as they have a closing hymn? Number 146, 146. Bless you, brother.
One other thing. Brother Bartlett called me. It was, it was yesterday afternoon, and I, I didn't have the amount of time that I like to have to prepare this lesson. But this is the best I can do. And I don't know anything about you individually. I don't know anything about you, how you live. I, I just don't know the details. But if you're here and God has spoken to you through what I've said, I pray that you'll do something about it. What I preach to you, I've seen it happen time and time again. I remember years ago there was a, uh, a, a young teenager that started coming to our congregation and she come from a very bad background but God saved her after a period of time a few months God saved her and she was growing and following the Lord and it was it was a beautiful thing to see it always is to me it's a beautiful thing to see God working in the heart and mind of an individual and in their life. And I preached on, on surrendering all one Sunday morning. And she came to the altar and she was praying. And as she was praying, I told her that she had to surrender everything to God. Everything. And I could tell by the look on her face that she had come up against something. I, I, I don't know what it was. I never knew. But she'd come up against something that she was not willing to surrender to the will of God. And as I was praying, I, I could see by the look on her face that she, she, she'd come up against something and she was and from that moment on she began to go backwards spiritually speaking and she ran away from home she got into deep trouble and uh, I'll not go into the details but she was arrested and taken to jail and, and they had a trial I think she was 15, 16 years old. I think 16. But anyway, they committed her to go to a reform school until she was 18. And I remember I went to the jail the day before they was going to ship her off and talk to her. And I said, Susie, that was her name. I said, Susie. I said, two weeks ago, I could have helped you. But now I can't. I can't. There's nothing I can do there. There's nothing could be done to change your situation. I said, you're going to have to make the best of it. You're going to spend the rest of, uh, until you're 18, you're going to spend your life in a reformer school, reformatory. Youth prison, actually. 
she broke down and cried. She said, I wish I had listened. But I told her, we're past that. I meant, the die's cast. You're going to have to live with the consequences. Friend, don't allow a similar thing to happen in your life. Listen to God. Listen to God. Follow the Spirit. Let God talk to you. Listen attentively. God bless you. Thank you for listening to me.